BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Bro, he hit like three wet, like crazy shots. They were like Man. all three. I don't want to ever hear the name Doc Rivers again. Doc Rivers never played for the Knicks. Only Austin did. I don't ever want to hear the name Doc Rivers. It's Austin's team. I don't want someone to be like, yo, you remember Doc Rivers' son played for the Nah. Do y'all remember Austin Rivers' dad played for the Knicks? That's how you That's how you announce it from now on. Put yeah. some respect on Austin <laughs> Rivers' name. Uh, he's still getting there. He's still getting there. He's still getting there. And I was just telling my aunt, that as great as this game was, because we needed this win, um, this is something that now that we've seen he can do it, let's, mm-hmm. see, it, let's see if you can throw on that that spice of consistency. Um, I don't need 20 points from him. Uh, I, I, that's not going to happen. But um, I'll gladly take 10, 15. Um, you know, and if that – let's say he scores uh, five to eight straight in the fourth quarter, I'll take that. I'll gladly take that. But he was playing so good. Tibbs didn't even look RJ's way in the entire. No, RJ got an extended rest today. At the end. <laughs> <laughs> like, like RJ is like, Coach, am I coming? Sit your ass. No, no. You, could, you have the you lead the league in minutes. You know what? Just take a break. <laughs> Just take a break. Take a break. This is your um, Be happy. Let me let me introduce this because we're just so excited. We'll just we'll keep going. Welcome to an all new episode of hashtag Knicks Take Podcast. Um, Another Knicks win tonight, man. I remember the last episode we had, we said, hopefully, it's another Knicks win the next time we do this podcast. And it was. It was another Knicks win with us doing this podcast. Um, me and Joel are very much numbers guys. So let's go to the numbers for tonight's win. Knicks, of course, at five and three right now. Um, I want to check out their stats of the game. Okay. Man, God, Julius Randle is almost leading us in <laughs> all yeah, the major categories. <laughs> even, even turnovers. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, yeah, even that. Oh. Um, all right, so let's see this. All right, so we're looking here, and we see Donovan Mitchell got really hot tonight, got 18. Now, what was going to kill us tonight was Jordan Clarkson getting 19 yeah. off the off the bench and Angles yeah. getting 16 off the bench. Yeah, uh, yeah. That very much could have been to our demise. Luckily, it was not. Um, but let's give a huge shout out, man. Um, I've done, I've pooped on Alfred Payton as much as I possibly could. He gave us twenty-two and eight tonight. My windshield just got broken. Uh, I oh, feel see? like I need to blow. I hate what uh, going on ESPN, man. They always just randomly play these damn ads. Uh, <laughs> uh, let me see. Yeah, that's true. 
Um, all right, yeah, I'm gonna just do that. Um, <laughs> it looks like uh, Jesus made sure he led us in turnovers, but Julius Randle got us 37 and 16 rebounds. Um, and then Austin Rivers with the 23 off the bench. Uh, he really was the only person to do something off the bench. Knox had seven. Uh, quickly really donated nothing to the game. RJ really donated nothing to the game. And I want to give a huge, huge, huge shout out to um, Mitchell Robinson, who could have let this be a Rudy Gobert night, but came up very clutch when we needed him to. Yeah. So sure. huge shouts out to him. But what were some of the things that stood out to you from tonight's game? Uh, it was I, my, my favorite thing about it. I'll say defense has been the key to the Knicks winning, period. And you saw it again today. Because even though they were down big at certain points, it's just because they couldn't make a bucket. Not because they were allowing the Jazz to you know, kill them. Uh, they were forcing a lot of turnovers. And there were some, I swear to God, I don't know what the Jazz were doing, but they definitely let us back in this game with some of the weirdest fucking turnovers I've seen all year. 100%. 100%. Bad luck turnovers. It was like, what are you, throw, who are you passing it to? Um, <laughs> it was bad. But, um, but they were up at least 18 points. So that's not on us, you know. Uh, they shot, I think, fourteen threes out eight, and only and those like most of those threes came late in the in, in the game. You know, we were getting killed because we couldn't hit shots, and that's gonna be our issue all year. It's like we don't we, we don't have the shooters that a lot of these teams do. We don't have the pure scorers that a lot of these teams do. We just gotta hopefully get one of our guys hot, and as long as Julius is consistent, he keeps us in games. Same thing with RJ. As long as he's consistent, he keeps us in games, but. If neither of them are, are, are scoring, we're going to struggle. And because, uh, uh, you know, our shooters aren't exactly consistent. Like right now, Austin got hot. If Austin got hot, there was a chance we might have probably lost that game. But like now, he went he went unconscious the last couple of minutes. Of that, <laughs> that is for sure. Now, what I will say is a uh, a gleaming bright spot for, for Nick fans are, you're right, we don't have – you know, technically the, the shooters that um, we would like to have. But mm-hmm. I do want to remind people, one of our best scores is not on the court right now. Mm-hmm. Um, that will be rectified when he gets back. Now, again, it has to be in the flow of things. He's going to struggle a little bit when he gets back. But um, it's not like it was a huge, serious injury. I think the Knicks – and I want to give a lot of props to Tibbs. Tibbs is like, look, I'm not going to let injuries run you into the ground. I'm going to run you into the ground. So I'm going to let you get fully healthy. So then I can run you into the ground. So I, I full heartedly believe that Alec Burks, Nerlens, Obi, it's more so precautionary. Like we're not going to rush you back. It's literally the beginning of the season. Um, mm-hmm. Take your time, get as healthy as possible. And let's get this team um, and let's get this team going. So uh, I look at this and I go, when RJ struggles, I'm not going to feel as, as worrisome as I have been these last few games, because I know at any point you can pull him or, or mm-hmm. not, or not necessarily pull him if Alec Burks uh, comes back starting, but if he does not come back starting, pull RJ and put Burks in, like, don't even hesitate. Don't even hesitate. Put Burks in. Um, Reggie Bullock to me is Reggie Bullock and RJ are so confusing to me because they're guys that have potential to score at will but then when they get cold, it's like a fucking freezer, bro. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a freezer with those guys. At least um, RJ is versatile with his scoring. Like, unfortunately, Bullock is really one-sided. With that. His jumper's not falling. He's kind of – there is no scoring. <laughs> like, maybe no, a I don't, 
I, I don't disagree with that at all. But to me, it's like I feel as though RJ doesn't go to that enough. Keep driving, keep driving, keep driving, keep driving. Um, and, and I think uh, I think what what sucks the most about RJ is he's not missing contested threes. We would understand that, right? We we would say, you know what, it happens to the best of them. Curry's yeah. done it, LeBron's done it, Durant's done it. He's missing wide open threes. So guys are starting to not play up on him because he's bricking everything unless he's in Indiana or playing against Indiana. And then yeah. it's like loves Indiana. He'll miss nothing. You, you know what it reminds me of? Remember that one game Bobby Portis had for us last year against Chicago? <laughs> and then never did it again. And it was like, all right, well, how can we go to Chicago every game <laughs> so he can do something even remotely close? So you look at you look at RJ and you're like, it's the same problem we have with JR. If your shot's not hitting, don't keep shooting. That's how we'll lose games. Find a way to get yourself hot. Because we've learned this, Joel, and many of players have said this. When the basket, uh, when the uh, the ball hits the basket, no matter how it hits it, that's when you start to that's when you start to get it going. Uh, you just need it to hit the inside of the net. Um, so just keep driving. And like I said, uh, we were talking about a little bit yesterday. I want more cuts between Randall and, and, and RJ. He just easier baskets. Um, Randall is still a little bit tentative um, at the top of the key, holding the ball. Um, I, I saw eight different times tonight, Randall wide open for a mid-range shot, and he's looking around. It's like, oh, like why force a jump shot when you, you're wide open? <laughs> like, That's what I'm saying. I'm like, Randall. We asked you to pass it when you're doubled. We would like you to shoot it when you're wide open. <laughs> like, like I don't, I don't, I don't know if he's just like if he's in his own head. He's like, oh, people are gonna complain if I shoot this and miss it. No, no. they're gonna complain if you don't take a wide open shot, Randall. Right. Like, it's wide I'm open. Sure. So freaking stressful. Um, but we did. We we bunkered down defensively, and, and one thing I can say, Tibbs has got this team doing is when this team gets with, when this team smells blood, they go to eat, Joel. They go to eat. They, they, they uh, buckle down defensively and they start to get in that offensive flow. And I think what I love more about Tibbs than any head coach we've had since probably Woodson, he does not fear timeouts. And that no. is something that we have been missing desperately for a long time. Um, because last year would have been like, all right, you know, we're down 20 and, you know, we're struggling, but, you know, just let it ride. No, that's how 20 becomes 25, 30, 40. And now the other team's sitting their entire starting lineup. No, call a timeout when it immediately gets dicey. So like if they were up two and now they're up five, call a timeout. You don't need to let it get to 10 to go, oh, I think this is out of control. No, nip that shit in the bud early to give yourself some room to make that quick comeback to make up for those points you just let go. Mm -hmm. um, and Tibbs will blow it. He'll blow it, and then he'll say, you're not you're not going, sit. Uh, mm -hmm. And I love that he did it with Quickly today. Quickly just didn't have it tonight. Um, and he immediately said, well, that's it for you for today. Um, not he played the hand, you know, at the end of the day. Six right. minutes all he really got in it but they the, usually um he has to put him because there's that there's always points where like fucking Alfred Payton just starts like losing it and you're like oh fuck we gotta we gotta we gotta try something new but he, he, he was consistent most of the game luckily right right and and look I'm gonna say this 
what's been surprising me about Alfred Payton is that floater's been hitting for him, but he's yes. been scoring. And it's like I I always look at Alfred Payton like just get other people going. But shit, if he's going, I'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> like I'll That's take true. twenty to twenty two points. Shit, I'll take it. Yeah. Because right now our, our you know facilitator really Julius, right? So he'll find somebody at some point. <laughs> right. And to me, here's here's all right. So I want to say this and then I want to get your thoughts on 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 what I'm about to say. So to me, ideally, how I would like the fourth to end is Alfred, Austin, uh, either RJ or Knox, depending on whichever one of them, you know, is getting this going, Randall and Mitch. And when he's healthy. I might want to switch out RJ and Knox for Burks. And the reason why I say that is if Elford doesn't have it scoring wise, right? Uh, oh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. I completely, I completely, no, take that back. Austin Rivers, Alec Burks, either RJ or Knox, Randall and, and Mitch. Sorry, that's the lineup that I want. The reason why I want that lineup is you can't necessarily double anybody out, uh, anybody really, right? Because mm-hmm. we saw they were doubling our shooters. Mitchell Robinson was wide open right under the basket. Alfred found them in the fourth, right? And mm-hmm. then it's like, all right, you can double Julius. There's a good chance Alec Burks is making that corner shot. You know, there's a good chance Austin Rivers is making that top of the key shot. So it's like when you do that and you make it so hard for them to key in on one guy, that's how you get your open looks. That's how you get uh, crisp passing. That's how you get uh, open looks at the rim. Um, to me, that's the most ideal lineup I would like to see. Um, you know, obviously when we start to get guys more healthy, because to me, I kind of feel like when you have RJ on the court, Knox on the court and, you know, Alfred's not a shooter. So no one's really jumping out to, to, uh, double him and they focus in on Julius and they kick it out to RJ and he bricks it. I swear it makes a defense kind of go, let's just keep doing that. They're not they, down They shot. play zone, and that's, that's what they do. Uh, every game, at some point, every team plays the zone because they know we have to get hot. We don't start hot. <laughs> like, exactly. You know, like, they're going to take exactly. the chances because we're never going to take a while for us to shoot. We have to shoot our way back in. Right. But right now, right now we're using turnovers in defense to, 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 to gain momentum, not not just random shooting. Um, I, I mean – I don't want to say that because Austin definitely helped out, but we were already like in the lead when that happened. To be fair, no, I I I, com- I completely agree with you. And what I want Mitchell Robinson, who's been playing um a, a lot better, hasn't been you know crazy with the fouls. I do want someone in that coaching staff to just put on tape of Rudy Gobert for Mitchell Robinson and tell him every night watch this because Rudy Gobert plays defense the way that we've been begging Mitchell Robinson to play defense. You're the tallest guy on the court. Stop jumping up. Put but your that's hands. What he's up. been doing like that's how he has been playing a lot like that recently. I'm like sitting there sometimes, like why hasn't he jumped? He's just standing. <laughs> I'm so used to him just leaping everywhere, but he's just standing there, and you know sometimes it leads to a layup, and I'm like, oh, oh, I know he's trying not to foul, but like right. Right. And, and, and <laughs> to me, it, it, it's a gro- it's a growing pain. It, it's something he's going to have to try to figure out, like, what's the best way for him to be a force defensively without, you know, getting a million foul calls within the first six minutes. It's a learning curve. And I'm not by no means saying it's something he won't ever figure out or it'll take forever. He's getting better. 
You can tell he's he's not jumping as much. Right. Right. No, I'm 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 completely with you there. I just want it to be something that that's foundational to him, to where he's just understanding. Like if they're driving, I I, I get that that's a bit of a difference. Um, but what most of these guys are trying to do is go into him and then trying to get like that Dwayne Wade-esque foul call, you know? And it's like, Mitch, you're don't buy into it. Your hands up. If that guy's like what five, eight or six, one, um, your hands up is going to change the trajectory of that shot. It just is. We saw it with Ingles. Um, mm-hmm. He jumped out to Ingles and Ingles is like shit. And it, and it went way off from where Ingles was trying to shoot it. That's the power that Mitchell Robinson has. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, he just has to understand that and stick to that. And the biggest thing to me is I want this team to find more ways to get him lobs. Um, No one's really worried about Mitchell Robinson um, around the rim. So the problem that Mitchell Robinson has with not getting lobs is Julius Randle finds ways to clog the shit out of that paint. And what I mean by that is he'll go Mm -hmm. to the foul line and he'll become stagnant there. So his guy is now in the paint, along with Mitchell's guy, because Mitch is in the paint. But also, like, teams are playing the lob. Like, you can tell, like, they're playing the lob. They're, like, I've seen a couple teams now, like, looking for them playing the lob. <laughs> like, because right. I've seen right. a couple of lobs get blocked off because of that. Because they, they know that that's what we did. But most of his scoring from last year was that. that. So that's a scouting report right now on Mitch. They have to watch out, because he's a, he's a lob threat. Like, that's easy to for, for like easy, and he like he and he missed a couple recently because like they're playing really tight on him, and he's just getting the rim, but he's still getting dunks on. So it's like he's a monster. <laughs> I completely agree. Um, what, what I think I love most about this team is um, they're doing this season what we said last year we would hope going into this season they get better on, which is games that are close win them win Mm -hmm. them and they've been doing that and again i know a lot of people are gonna say oh it's super early magic are looking really good right now the Cavs are looking really good right now and that's without kevin love i believe still yeah Uh, a lot of these teams that most people would say oh doesn't matter if you beat them like you know it's early well look at the team these teams are beating and and then look at where they are in the eastern conference sure could yeah. three months pass and it looks completely different? Absolutely. But you could say that about Boston. Shit. <laughs> you know, you could say that about the Lakers. Um, that's just sports. But you have to live in the here and now. Don't project to me what some shit's going to be. Uh, right now, the Knicks are in the fifth seed. And mm-hmm. they're five and three. And I can right. tell you right now, there's not a soul in America that thought they'd be five and three. Right, especially because of the schedule. We had the toughest schedule coming into the NBA. <laughs> did. And one of those wins, I would like to remind people, was a blowout win against a fully healthy Milwaukee Bucks team. Mm-hmm. That's no right. excuse. And remember, at that time, we weren't fully healthy. No, we still haven't. We're still not healthy. <laughs> Today was our fully day. Healthy. We're always hurt, especially in like recent last couple of games. Like we almost didn't have Bullock today. Yeah, and shit, that would have really hurt. Um, but to me, they are dogs. They got the fight in them. They can buckle down defensively when it matters. And Tibbs is the guy that will blow the whistle when it's needed. 
I'm going to yeah. be honest. I, I, I said this. I think I said this to my brother. I might have had a little conversation with you about it. I don't mm. fear OKC. I don't fear Boston. I don't fear Brooklyn. I don't fear a lot of these these games we have coming up. They're winnable games. Um, now, of course, when you get to maybe like the Clippers, maybe, or the, the Lakers, maybe, or Lakers, maybe the yeah. Nuggets, um, teams that have legit <laughs> extreme scoring all the way around. You look at that and you kind of go, yeah, that's going to be a huge problem for the Knicks, right? But mm-hmm. these next three or four games, I'm sorry. I think they're winnable. Now, I, I'm not – you taught me this. I'm not going to sit here and say the Knicks are going to win them. I'm just saying they're more winnable this year than it's been for the Knicks in the past 10 years. Yeah, so, just, just by looking at the record, you could say that. <laughs> 100%. So, I'm like, you look at Celtics and you're like, there's no Kimball Walker. He's, he's still nursing that injury. So it's like if you can find a way to – like let's say Jalen Brown goes off for 47 against us and Jason Tatum only has 20, 24. I right. think that's a winnable game. That's 100% a winnable game. Um, it's just, And, you know, I, I don't I don't really look at Boston and think, oh, they got the most lethal of shooters and, and the best big – like, no. It's a winnable game. You look at Brooklyn. They str- they're struggling. They're really struggling right now. And Dur- Durant won't, won't be back for that game against us. Um, these are games we can win. I mean, they're not struggling. They, they, again, they played really well yesterday. <laughs> well, no, I mean struggling as far as their record. They're four and four, and I think if you ask anybody before the season started, four and four wouldn't be the record they would have given that team. No, uh, to start the season. So that's what I mean by struggling. Not necessarily uh, data as far as you know the stats of the games that they've won, but they've lost four games that a lot of people probably would have said they should have won. Um, especially one where, you know, the two guys that were, you know, sucking each other off on, Oh, I got, I got a guy that can hit the shot in the last moment. Oh, yeah. I got the guy too. Yeah. They they bricked it. <laughs> I lose to the wizards. Nobody's lost to the wizards. No. <laughs> yeah, um, no, absolutely. So, I mean, again, these are games we can win. I was, I think I said it to you. I was like, shit, can, can, can the Knicks get us to 10 and three? Um, I look at that and I go, we're at five and three. Could we win the next? Could we win three out of the the next five games? A hundred percent, hundred percent, and I'll take that. <laughs> you know, as long I'll, as they take that the way they're playing, they have a chance to win every game coming. It's just the problem is, you know, it is our, <laughs> our shot, man. If it's not falling, it's going to be tough. And if it's a team that could really shoot, it's going to be a long night. But so far, we've been able to survive, but like if it go, if it happened like with Toronto, like once they got hot, we couldn't, we just couldn't match, we couldn't shoot anything that night. Well, was I was like, about to say, to be fair, that game was less about us stopping them and more about the fact <laughs> that when we could have gotten a run, we couldn't hit shit. We couldn't hit shit. Man. It was bad. <laughs> we couldn't hit. Nobody anything. could hit nothing. It was bad. Like you were talking about RJ. Nobody would hit. Nobody anything. could. So, okay, so I'm looking at this, Joel. So let, let's go through this, and then I want us to get to more broader basketball so we can get out of here. Um, Friday, Knicks Thunder, winnable. Winnable, yeah, very Sunday, winnable. Sunday, Knicks Nuggets, that'll be a struggle game for us. Yeah, but, but that's yeah. a game I'm looking forward to because that would be – if a win over the Nuggets would definitely solidify us as a good team to the 100%. eyes of a lot of, a lot of t- people. 100%. Um, Monday is our trap game, and what I mean by trap game is – we get 100% beat the Hornets every day of the of yeah, the week. Weird. But it's the kind <laughs> of game that Terry Rozier and Ball will come Dante, out. Devontae Graham. Devontae Graham. Right. So I call that our trap game. I then agree. Wednesday 
is our nationally televised game on ESPN against the Nets. Very winnable. Uh, then Friday is the revenge game against the Cavaliers. Sunday is the Celtics. And then Monday is the Magic. And then after that is the Warriors and Kings. Yeah. I look at this and I go, Knicks versus Kings, winnable. Knicks versus Warriors, the way that that team looks right now, winnable. Knicks well, against the – would you say? I'm Warriors are scary, but yes. No, 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 no. They're absolutely scary. But am I depending on Oubre and uh, uh, Wiggins to be consistent? No. So I'm like, you just you keep eyes on Steph and Wiseman, you know? Um, so to me, it's like, it's winnable. I'm not saying, oh, Knicks will go in there and blow them out. No, but it's winnable. More so than it would have been if Clay was there. <laughs> then it's like, oh, well, no. <laughs> um, I think another big – okay, so – all right, so let's say this. Our big tests are Nuggets, Nets, Cavaliers again, Celtics, and Magic. Um, because Magic have been playing really great basketball. They have. Even though they just lost Markel Fultz, sadly. Yes, yes. Uh, much prayers to Markel Fultz. That sucks. He's really, he's really turned it around. And this is, just, this is an unfortunate setback for a guy that started his career with an unfortunate setback. Yes, um, sadly. So I hope he bounces back immediately and has comeback player of the year next year or something. Like that, mm-hmm. that's what I hope for for that kid. Um, so obviously it's it's really important to beat Magic. They're a really hot team. Um, and then Celtics, obviously, with Tatum and Brown. Cavaliers, I say, is a revenge game because of what we did to them last time we played them. What we keep doing to them. What we keep doing to them, right. At some uh, point, <laughs> if if we have a winning streak going by the time we get to them they're gonna they're gonna be really up for that game um yeah. i don't know if you remember but drummond was talking a lot of shit during that game he uh, always when we beat them so uh, it's like we'll be looking by then <laughs> um so yeah so i look at this and i go very winnable if you're the knicks uh just all about how you pull it out um let's talk more broader nba um Obviously, we see Steph Curry out here dropping 60. Um, we see LeBron and AD doing LeBron and AD things. Uh, we see, apparently, the NBA thinks Paul George is soft, and they're treating him as such out here. Um, I've been telling you for probably as long as I've known you, um, Paul George is legit probably the most – I think Paul George is honestly the Phillip Rivers of the NBA. Somebody that you look at and you go, man, this guy can really put points on the board. And then you go, oh, but what did he do in the playoffs? And not a goddamn thing. Not a thing. Not a thing. Um, so I look at him and I go, look, Paul, you can keep having great nights during a regular season. No one thinks you're a scrub. But what we won't allow is for you to call yourself playoff P and then hit the side of the fucking backboard in a closeout game. That's what we're not going to sit here and tolerate. So I look at this and I go, Paul George, this is your year. You don't get it done this year. It won't matter if you win a championship the next two years. We'll just remember your bad days. Um, So I just look at it and I go, the state of the NBA right now, I look around and honestly, I don't see any overwhelming favorites. I really don't. I seriously don't. Not like last year. Um, I see a league that could be completely different 
in March. <laughs> Completely different. Um, but what, what, how do you view the, the landscape of the NBA right now? It's still, still early. So for me, it, it, it depends like how everything goes. Like a lot, it's weird. It's crazy how many people are getting hurt right now. Um, like right now, I think Killian Hayes got hurt recently. Not that Detroit is playing well, but that sucks for them. Markel Fultz just got hurt, and that's hurt. That that, that might hurt Orlando. You know that sucks. And um, they're already dealing with some weird injuries to certain players on that team, but they're still playing well. Um. Boston's dealing with Kemba Walker's injuries. So when is he coming back? Uh, TJ Warren is hurt from Indiana. Uh, when does he come back? Um, Philly's playing well. They seem to be healthy, though. So that's good for them, for now, at least. Um, we're hurt, but we're, we're managing. <laughs> uh, Milwaukee seems to be healthy and okay and winning. <laughs> They've won, I think, uh, two in a row. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, I think the best team right now in the East is the Sixers. I think they won five in a row. So it's like, that's that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, and the, 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 the teams that have been sh- like surprisingly not as good, Toronto. Toronto's kind of surprising. My Washington, I thought would be a little bit better. Surprising. Miami, Miami expected to be a little bit better. Uh, and that's in the East. In the West. I think Miami, because they're so young, it's the turnover of how quickly they had to re, uh, re-jump back into basketball. I think for the Lakers, it was a little easier because, you know, you're a team of veterans. Um, so it was just a matter of, like, if LeBron's good to go, everybody else would be good to go. I but think – I felt like the bubble was – it, it was what it was. It is what it is, you know. Right. Yeah. Uh, so then you have in the West, um, Lakers are still doing Laker things. Um, Phoenix is looking good. You know, we figured they would be with Chris Paul. Clippers yep. look Pelicans of the good Warriors are starting to nice. are starting to find some ground. <laughs> I just say, Chris Paul has to go down as the greatest point guard of all time, and the only reason I say that is, you look at Houston; they were his injury away from probably making the finals, and that was against the Durant-led Warriors, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You look at Chris Paul coming to OKC, no one expected that team to be anything. I mean, even remotely good. He brings them to a reasonable spot in the playoffs and to the playoffs. And now you look at Phoenix, an organization that we've been saying for probably 20 years now is one of the worst run organizations in basketball. And look what his mere presence has done for that team yep. on arrival. I do not remember in my 27 years of life, a point guard who can move that often and swing the pendulum everywhere he goes. He goes. Yep. I've Tell never... he is. So to me, it's like, you know, when someone comes to me with Jason Kidd or Magic Johnson, I'm going to say, you're right. All great point guards. You're absolutely right. But could they impact the game as drastically as Chris Paul has for every team he's gone to? I mean, if we're being completely honest, I don't put Lob City, I don't put that mess on Chris Paul. Blake Griffin wasn't the player he is now. If he was, we'd be talking about uh, a Clippers team that went to the Western Conference Finals or the Finals, probably lost when they got there, but at least they went there. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't think they lost because of Chris Paul. Then you go to Houston. Obviously, like I just said, the injury. They were injury away from probably going to the Finals. Right. Um, OKC brought them to the playoffs. Really tough. Uh, didn't they win uh, 
the first round? No. Oh, James Harden with the block. James Harden with the block. You're right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he got him to the playoffs. No one expected that team to go to the playoffs. No, yeah, no one expected it at all. <laughs> and now he has Phoenix off to a hot start. A hot yeah. start. Um, and again, you know, we have to see how it all plays out. But again, I've never seen a point guard swing a pendulum as much as Chris Paul. I haven't even really outside of LeBron, even at his player, age. swing a pendulum as much as Chris Paul has recently. That's how important a playmaker like like Chris Paul is, you know. Yeah, and and we we can't. I would even say the as far as traits, his leadership should be valued more than necessarily his ability to 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 make plays for for his teammates. Because when you saw Paul George uh, fighting with, I can't remember who the player was, and you saw Devin Devin Booker uh, yapping away, who was yeah. the guy that was getting under Paul Pierce's skin? Chris Paul. That was Chris Paul. That was him telling the young kids, ah, ah, we don't get bullied out here. Ah, ah, nah, ah. You tell them to shut up with that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And it rallied those guys. So to me, it's like Chris Paul might be, I mean, if someone's top five didn't have him in there, right. they should. <laughs> they close, should. Well, may, maybe closest. Jason Kidd is the good. I, like, I swear to God, everywhere Jason Kidd went, like he won. So. No, I mean, of, I, I'm with you. Jason Kidd's in my top five, a hundred percent. There's no way he's not my top five. Even when uh, he was feeding with the Knicks. <laughs> Just yeah, imagine. he got his 52 wins, bro. So I'm like, the Jason Kidd effect is real. They don't. The Mavericks don't win that series without. Uh, don't win that finals without Jason Kidd. That's a hundred percent truth. Mm-hmm. They do not. Uh, he had some clutch buckets to get them to the finals and then in the finals. So, um, yeah. but yeah, this is what I wanted to ask you. Uh, Kendrick Perkins has become someone that I both hate <laughs> and enjoy listening to because I think he's like Paul Pierce. He just says some shit sometimes just to say it. He's um, but I do think he made somewhat of a good point. And that point was he was saying he believes, I don't think it's true but I can see where he's going with it. He believes overall Jalen Brown is a better basketball player than Jason Tatum. And now off rip, when you say that someone that casually watches basketball, tell you, you're out of your goddamn mind. You're out of your mind. Right. I would tell them you point out to me how often Jason Tatum plays great defense. I was just about to say that. And then you point out to me how often Jalen Brown plays great defense. It's literally the same thing when people go, oh, Seth Curry is the best player on the Warriors. When? When? You mean before Clay Clay got there? Because once Clay got there, it was evident who the best player was. (laughs) Hands down, to me, it's not just, oh, Seth dropped 62 and they won. Okay, that sounds great. But I want you to show me who the opposing team's point guard was and how many points they scored because Clay Thompson guarded them. Show me that because that's more important. That is more important than that 60-something points that Steph Curry dropped. The overall game is more important. So I look at it and I go, you take Jalen Brown off that team, Marcus Smart can only guard one person, Joe. <laughs> he can't guard 86 people at one time. Jalen Brown helps a lot defensively. I've never seen Jason Tatum when LeBron comes up court. All right, I got LeBron. I've, I've never seen that. Have you seen that? I not, have. Not really. 
I've seen no, I get that it's not his game. I get it. And I'm not holding it against him. I'm just saying you look at a complete player and then mm. you look at a guy who's just really great at scoring. Yeah, but he's he's molding himself into something that was because like when he came into the league, like I, he, he was the third pick in the draft. I remember when they drafted him, I was like, I never even heard of this guy. <laughs> I agree with you. I said the same thing. Uh, and then I'm like, okay. And then he slowly just became a, a good scorer because like like what maybe two years ago he started coming into his own offensively. But he's well, always I'd been. Say, I'd say his big yeah. his big coming out party was the the year Kyrie was out and they went to the playoffs. Yeah. That whole playoff run was 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 legendary for Jason. That's when they realized we don't need Kyrie. <laughs> what the fuck is Kyrie? Jason Tatum is here. <laughs> but Jalen has been playing so well this year. Like offensively, he's been hitting shots and he's just been playing so much better. Uh they're they're a hell of a tandem right now. I agree. And I think exactly to what you just said, and that's very important. Let me highlight that for a second. Jalen Brown is coming into his offensive game. But the thing about it is he has an all-around game. So it was yeah. never we never thought Jalen Brown couldn't score. We just never thought Jalen Brown could score like this consistently. Right. Um, it was never like, oh, Jalen Brown is taking nights off defensively and you know he has zero points. <laughs> like no, that was never the case. You know, it's like it's like Clay. Clay was never asked to drop 35 a, a night. So he didn't, you know, but mm-hmm. could he a hundred percent. And I think you're seeing that from Jalen Brown now. Could he a hundred percent. Now it's the question of, do you need him to do that every single night? And maybe you don't, you know, and casual watchers of the NBA would see him not scoring as much as Tatum and go, well, clearly Tatum is a better player. That's not how basketball works. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's what it is, though. They, they see his numbers, and like he's usually the, he's usually the leading scorer. But for sure, but yeah, I mean, yeah. to be fair, that might be what the game plan is is asked of. Um, yeah, no, that's what it is, though. Like, yeah, he's right. probably the, the main offensive weapon for that team, and it's usually the main offensive weapon that usually gets the notoriety, at right? The end of the day. In the bulk share, right? But we've seen Clay get hot in just three quarters. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know. Understand. For the most part, it's it's Steph's team, you know. Like oh, hundred percent. I'm not saying this should be Jalen Brown's team. I'm saying Kendrick Perkins' statement of Jalen Brown is a better basketball player than Jason Tatum. He's better I, all player, possibly. Yes, I would right. say so. I don't hear that and go, "Oh, no way." I hear that and go, "Yes." I think those two are very comparable to Steph and Clay. You have the face, which is Tatum and Steph, and then you mm-hmm. have the guy that's doing all the dirty work in in Jalen Brown and Clay Thompson. So, I mean, that's just how I view it. And to me, right. I I view getting your hands dirty more than I do the glitz and the glamour of the, the threes and then the airplanes and, you know, the goggles. I like the guy that puts on the hard hat and quietly got you 32 to where someone goes, what the fuck? When did he get 32? Yeah, yeah but that's the thing. These days, <laughs> you, you rarely get a guy that two guys that could do both exactly. <laughs> like if you're lucky exactly. you get one so like it's not like jordan pippen where they both were doing both <laughs> at the end of the no, day you're you know? right that i would even say joel i haven't seen that in this new era where yeah, it's rare players that could do that i mean maybe you could make a case for um paul george and, and Kawhi leonard that's maybe. the closest thing maybe 
um, for today. I'm not saying to anyone listening. I'm not saying in the history. You could say this in LeBron this and AD. LeBron and AD possibly, but to me, LeBron, Le, like if you're talking LeBron in the playoffs, yes, a hundred percent. Both any given night in the playoffs, LeBron and AD are playing as as great offensively and defensively as they can. But yeah. LeBron does say. I'm not doing that shit all 82 games. No. <laughs> so Pippen and Jordan did it for 82 games. And you look at Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, and <laughs> I think in today's time, uh, they're probably the closest thing to it. Maybe. Yeah. Um, now, I want to highlight this. Uh, for anyone listening that's a Knicks fan like me and Joel. I need you guys like Goku summoning the um the spirit bomb. bomb. I mm-hmm. need you guys to give uh the Dallas the Dallas Mavericks all the hate you possibly can. Mm-hmm. Um, don't wish injury. We don't do that. Do not wish mm-hmm. injury. But no. wish wish for guys. You know, eat like some bad sushi a few nights. You know, don't play a few nights. The point I'm trying to get to is if Dallas Mavericks suck this year, and the Knicks are. Even if the Knicks suck, it doesn't even matter. But the Dallas Mavericks suck this year, and they get a lottery pick that's a top-five pick, it goes to your boys. So I need you guys to lend us all the hate you can summon uh, and send it to the Dallas Mavericks. Send it right (laughs) over to them. No, but what are your thoughts on how the Dallas Mavericks have looked uh, so far without KP this year? So far, uneven. Um, they've they've had their moments where they look really good, and then they've looked really bad. <laughs> so, so they haven't. You know, I think Don Luca uh, is not. I think he could be in better shape. I think he's just warming up. Uh, so I think he'll get there. Uh, and then you have uh, uh, KP, who might come back actually next week. I heard, or maybe maybe another week or two. Um, so we'll see. Well, this what this team ends up looking like, but hopefully things don't work out for our favor. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, if Chris stops with like a vacation, um, you know, yeah. don't rush it. <laughs> don't rush it, you know, like come on, there's 60 something games left to play, you know? Like just take a, take a I don't break. Know, take yeah. a cool 30 games off, you know, and then cool come <laughs> take a break. <laughs> come back for an All-Star game right yeah, after come back for the, game. yeah, right after the All-Star game. Come right back right then. Right are we even having an all-star game? I don't think we are. Uh, I have not heard that they've called it off. I have not heard that they called it off. Um, I would probably Remember. say it's e- – I'll say this. Though. It's a mm-hmm. good chance we won't have all-star festivities like the three-point contest, the dunk contest. We probably won't have that, but we'll mm-hmm. probably have the all-star game in some sort of a bubble. Um, if I have yeah, – I want to go back to normal. I hate this fucking team. This team that I like East West man. <laughs> yeah, you always do say that. You you definitely want them to go to the best uh, players at at each position, not just and not each position. Just each. I just want the center position back because that should exist. It's fucking stupid. I was like, it does. No- I mean, it does. You look at Rudy Gobert. You look at Mitch. You look at Jokic. Um, yeah, it's not like they don't play them. Every team starts a fucking center. I mean, shit, Vucevic. Uh, you know, I mean, there's good fives out there. Um, right. I, I think just the problem that popped up for the NBA was there was a dark period where a lot of the centers coming out were just like they were just guys that were big and played the five position. They weren't really necessarily good. 
So right. like a lot of the fandom was like, "You want me to vote for who? I don't know who the fuck that is." Right, you know? but that's why you <laughs> so, can you can make them bigs instead of calling them. So you could change it up and say, "Look, I want a, a, a ball handler, a wing, and uh, like three wings or two wings, and then you have one big." You know what I mean? To me, to me I that's just, how it is. That's how the NBA plays. If the point of the All Star Game is to pick the best players available, you're not going to tell me there's no centers out there that aren't the best players available. Right. That's just how I see it. You're not telling me that there's all these better guards than um, than Gobert is a center. Or there's all these small forwards that are better at their position than Jokic is at, you, at the I mean, you can't You can't include AD or some or um, Antetokounmpo as, as big guys in that, in that pool. You know what I mean? Just because they're not center, technically, they are big men. <laughs> right. You can play center. Who plays center? A lot. <laughs> a lot. Like a lot, a lot. Um, shit, I, I can't tell you how many times I get irritated playing 2K and I'm like, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. when did they put Giannis at the five? <laughs> like, yeah, when they did play I Giannis at five a lot. Um, exactly. Bam, there's a whole bunch of players at the five. That, well, 100%. There's five. no way Bam doesn't make the all-star game this year. So, I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. They're, centers are surging again. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, unfortunately, when they started to format this is when it was a really dark time. Yeah, I think <laughs> for that center position. I think it's stupid. I think they're stupid for for thinking <laughs> big men don't exist anymore. <laughs> they really do disrespect the big man out here. Um, let me see. Was there anything else? Three I small forwards. I fucking hate that. What? Say that again. <laughs> I said three small forwards. I fucking hate that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I look at it and I go, I don't ever want to see AD at the five for one side and then like you have Kawhi Leonard on I have to find I know I fucking hate that so much why why is this even why? Optic? Why I don't like I when they don't play like a point guard like I hate it when they used to have guard and, and there was never a point guard and there was always two shooting guards I'm like ah. it's just it's frustrating and the league today is I would say probably is the most balanced it's been in a long time probably yeah yeah, skill wise, talent wise, and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very right. balanced. Out. Um, is there anything else I wanted to highlight basketball wise, or you wanted to highlight? I'm trying to think. We're just so hyped off this next win, five and three. You know, I, I don't want to stop saying that. Shout out to Austin Rivers. Um, whoop, whoop. I don't think there's anything else I wanted to really. Oh, yes. Yeah, sorry. <sighs> In Nick's news, I'm hearing um, we're looking at Todd, uh, bringing back Taj Gibson. I heard about that. I like that. Uh, well, yeah, I would be totally down. Depends who we cut, but obviously I don't think it'd be anybody super important. But it's still, I mean, uh, it's just we're it. so injured. <laughs> I mean, here's here's a funny thing. You look at it and you kind of go, well, whoever they cut, he has like an eight man fucking rotation. So it's like it's probably <laughs> somebody that's not playing. Um, but I would say if someone's <laughs> going to be cut, it's Pinson. Um, there's no way it's not. There's no way it's well, not. He's a two-way guy, though. That's the problem. Oh, yeah. that's right. He is a two-way guy. Oh, shit. No, there's no way they cut Iggy. I don't know. Or they think it's cut. What's his name? Um, what the hell? Omari Spellman, possibly. Oh, shit. Yeah, I forgot we just got him sitting there. Yeah. Okay, so then, yeah, clearly he'd be the cut then. Well, not sitting there. He's fucking hurt. That's why we didn't use him. <laughs> oh, he is hurt. See, I forgot he was even on this team. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he played one game and then he got, got hurt and never saw him again. That's Don't what even remember sitting there. the one game he played. Was it in garbage time? It was preseason. No. Oh, 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 then yeah, hell yeah, I don't remember him. Um, 
Okay, so yeah, I, I, to me, I want Taj Gibson back. Uh, you know, to obviously help while Nerlens Noel is out. Um, the less Julius Randle is at the five, the better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I don't mind it in spurts, but yeah, he's a terrible defensive bit center. <laughs> he, he will let everybody into the paint. Uh, and literally everybody. I'm like, you didn't even try to block shots. Nope, nope, nope. Um, and one like thing, Canner, that's what it felt like watching him. Yeah, having there. him back. One thing yeah. I do want Julius Randle to to work on going forward is, I get it. Basketball players believe doing this definitely helps sway the refs in their in their favor. I get it. But Julius, stop complaining as the other team is running down the court and you're jogging because you spent five minutes arguing with the ref. Just get back. Get back, and then when the timeout's called, go over and talk to the ref and, 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 you know, state your case. But I just watched him, you know, I think it was the third or fourth quarter. Um, he, didn't get a, he didn't get a call that he wanted, and he's arguing, and the whole Jazz team is down the court, and he's trotting back. And I'm like, Julius, Julius. <laughs> like, that's how a quick point is scored right there. Because that means mm-hmm. someone's open. Don't do that run down and then if you want to state your case do it when you know there's a timeout like most players do um but sometimes i just look at him and rj and i'm like discipline discipline um (laughs) but yeah i mean that that that's all i really have to say um uh watching this team so far um do you look at this and kind of still kind of feel like randall needs to go after this season or he needs to be traded uh for for some assets I'm definitely not in no rush anymore. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm, I'm saying, is your end game still to either trade him or let him go after the season? It's always depending on if we can get a good package. I, I'd definitely be intrigued to, to let him go, but it really depends on for what. You know, I'm not giving him up for shit now. I mean, <laughs> you know no, I mean? I mean, look, I, I'll say this. If by All-Star break, because I believe the deadline is after All-Star break now, it's not before. Um if he starts to slow down statistically, but he's still playing at a really high level, I would a hundred percent call Sacramento and see if they're still interested in giving his buddy heel. Um, you know, obviously packaging Bullock uh, along with that and seeing what else we can get from them over there. Um, yeah, we got to see who's, who's, we got to see what it's like, what teams are, in need of some, like his talents. Somewhere, I would you know? say, I would say Sacramento who they have at their, at their four. Right now, Marvin Bagley. Yeah, yeah. They they would want Julius Randle. <laughs> they would want Julius Randle. Um, I mean, look, I, I I as much as I said Peyton has been playing a lot better, he's not my point guard of the future. I'm still holding out hope for Lonzo. Uh yeah. I will forever hold out hope for Lonzo Ball. Uh to get a Lonzo ball and to get a buddy healed, regardless of if we're in playoff contention or not. Um t- see to me, that's the biggest thing. If we're playing playoff basketball by the time the trade deadline gets here, you have to trade Randall for somebody that is equal. Like, you can't just say, oh, a few pieces make up Randall. No, 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 no. I need an equal player back if I'm giving up my, my guy that's leading us to the playoffs. So that's why I'm kind of like, yeah. we might have to bite the bullet and let him go for free. If, if we're in – if we're – either fighting for the playoffs and we're close or we're in the playoffs and we're trying to hold our spot. Um, you don't, you don't trade anybody at that point. Really. Right. You can't, right. At that point you're, you're trying to make the playoffs or you're exactly. in the playoffs. So 
I mean, unless you get blown away, it's going to be very difficult. <laughs> right. To, like, unless, like, um, and I'm not even saying I want this, but I'm just using this as an example. Like, unless Houston calls and it's like, I'll give you James Harden. Then, yeah, sure, absolutely, because yeah. that's a guy you can just slide right in, and he can make up for the same 30 that Julius is giving. Right. You can get um, similar production points and assist-wise, at least, you know. Right. But no, Buddy Heal, Lonzo, I still don't think that makes up for what Julius has been doing for us. Um, would Buddy help out with shooting? Absolutely. Would Lonzo help out with more consistent point guard play? More. Absolutely. But that's not our problem right now. Shooting. No. <laughs> so, yeah. so and, and also on top of that, Julius is not our problem. So it's like, Right. Not for us to get rid of the guy that's, you know, not the problem. We would need to get rid of guys that are the problem, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, so but again, trade, you know, I want Nick fans out there to listen to this very carefully. Trade should be the last thing on your mind because this isn't even the finished product of the Knicks roster right now. So it's like when we get everybody back healthy and we see what the team looks like at a hundred percent. Then that's when, you know, if they're struggling, you can start to make, you know, crazy trade theories. But as of now, they're winning and they're shorthanded. Like, think about that. They didn't have a, a strong rotation of, of a five, and they still pulled this game out. A game mm -hmm. where Rudy Gobert at any point could have imposed his will. Knicks found a way to, to, to snuff it out, uh, to, you know, cover up some of their, you know, um, shortcomings and pull out the win. So, Mm -hmm. Look at that, and you go at eighty-five percent. The Knicks are five and three. A hundred percent makes me feel a lot better. Uh, Tibbs did say after the game that they've uh, reevaluated um, Obi Toppin, um, and that they're still just monitoring him going forward. It'll probably be about another week before we hear anything concrete about. Um, I can't wait to get back. Man. Yeah, right. Um, so I mean, you know, take your time, Obi. You know, because we know as soon as you get back you'll probably struggle. You were struggling before you got injured. Um, so, you know, to me, I say this, Obi, what I want you to be working on in the gym, if you can even be doing anything, shoot threes, work on that. Your, your Obi's body isn't big enough right now. It, it will be probably heading into next year to pound with guys in the paint like Julius is. Um, so it's like, Obi, what would help us out a lot is if, unfortunately, Joel, and I know me and you don't like the idea of this, if there is a lineup of Obi at the four, Randall at the five, it would really help us out if we could space the floor entirely and I mean, Obi can hit that corner shot. We saw, we saw it in preseason uh, with them together. Right. Uh, man, they managed, <laughs> you know. Um, I don't know if – I mean, the reason they play Julius more at the five is because he's just stronger. You know, he can right. guard guys better now obviously what's well, one-on-one -on -one. he's just not a good help defender in the paint <laughs> he's not he's not doing that that's probably better off for someone like obi now obi can probably play some five um going forward and maybe we can play around with small ball lineups with him at the five and just have him rim run and like he did in college like that's what he knows how to do that boy can run like he'll be out there before anybody and like rim rock and then that's all he really needs to do and, and to be open for a three and, and we, we already know he's a good passer so it's just about him learning the game better you know so he knows, knows who to pass it to right and he uh that's one thing he spoke about before is just kind of letting the game come to him slowing down a little bit oh um, it was faster and he was like oh shit <laughs> yeah because we did see him a lot uh you know before he got hurt he would get to the basket and now like 
big NBA guys are doubling you. And he's like, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> like, it's okay. It's okay. It'll, it'll be kind of easier for you. Um, and it's like, it's okay. Obi Julius is a veteran and he still does that shit. So it's like, it's okay. It'll, uh, it's again, smaller. Uh, <laughs> so Joel, we look, we look forward to Friday night, Friday night, Knicks, uh, taking on the OKC. Uh, as you said before, they're not, you know, they're not scrubs, so that very well could be a trap game for the Knicks also. Yeah. Um, so it's a game they need to be vigilant. They need to bring their A game. And hopefully we can start hearing something about Alec Burks. I, that's the one guy I'm just like, I'm not really hearing what their timetable for him is. Well, they just like said they, they mentioned it today. Uh, what was his time? It was like they're going to have to reevaluate him again. So it might oh, be out. another seven days. Gotcha. Okay. Um. Yeah. All right. Well, look, man. Did you have anything else? To add, anything else to add about the NBA? Anything going on uh, with players, teams, organizations? Anything? No, it's everything for now. Yeah, I feel. I feel like we covered a lot. Um, yeah, no, that that's really about it. Um, I, I'm really glad of how we pulled together to get this win tonight. This this was this was good. This was really, really, really good. Um, because this is something that's undeniable, you know, like you can't go, Oh, we're not going to take the Knicks seriously. Like we just beat the Utah jazz. Like, right. What, you know, like, cause here's, here's the crazy thing about New York media, right? We beat the Utah jazz. All right, dude, relax. It's early in the season. If we got blown out by the Utah jazz, well, typical Knicks. That's true. Like you guys are just like the fucking worst, <laughs> the worst. <laughs> Um, but that's why I tell my dad, don't, don't watch major sports channels. Watch <laughs> MSG. Watch guys that actually watch the Knicks and cheer for the Knicks win or lose. And right. you'll be a lot saner because you're getting honest opinions about the Knicks. You're not right. getting the, oh, the Knicks were horrible last year. Now they look good. So I'm going to jump on a bandwagon and remind yeah. people I've always been a Knicks fan. Yeah, casual watching at this point. Exactly. Um, look, the Thunder just beat the Pelicans. Look at that. Oh, look at that. Look at that. Oh, another surprising team. They've looked really, really, really good. Um, and I, I will apologize when I'm wrong. I will apologize. I did think it'd be a problem between um, Zion and um, Brandon. Brandon Ingram. Really? Yeah, not a problem like they would – you know, have beef with each other. A problem like Brandon likes to shoot a lot, <laughs> so it's like, yeah. when would Zion get the ball? Because Brandon I mean, that's, likes to shoot a lot. That's kind of what. But to me, it would have been fine because that's kind of what he did in college. Like RJ was the guy with the ball most of the time. Right. Right. <laughs> Absolutely right. But difference is, um, no, not really. No, I can't even say that's the difference. No, I mean, because you'd look at Duke and go, that was Zion's team. That wasn't really RJ's team. It wasn't. Um, it was RJ with the ball most of the yeah, time. Yeah, but it was RJ <laughs> with the ball, right. Um, no, but I've liked that team. I've liked how aggressive Lonzo's looked shooting the three ball. I've been paying a lot of attention to Lonzo this year, trust me. Um, I like how he's been um, – he looks healthy, looks strong. He's still playing defense at a really good level. Um, Word. Yeah, no, Word. that team looks pretty good. That Steven Adams pickup was huge for them. Um, yeah. He's going to be big for them if they make the playoffs. If they make the playoffs, Steven Adams will be huge for them. Um, that say it again? He's a vet presence. Oh, absolutely. Strong. And to me, I think 
the biggest asset Steven Adams gives a team that is shooting uh, somewhat pretty well this year in the Pelicans is second chance points. Um, mm-hmm. He's a guy that can, that can fight and get you that rebound and get you that block back. Um, you know, he's a guy that won't give up. He's, he's a fighter wow. scrapper down there. Adams had a triple-double today. Look at that. Look at that. Uh, Seven, this- 10, 11, and 10. Yeah, sounds about right. Anytime you have a big man getting that, that's not like Jokic, you're kind of like uh, 10, 10, 11, and 10. <laughs> it's not like that. Higher rebound, everything else at just right. 10. It's it pretty reasonably low, but hits that 10 mark. Like, you know, it's 10, 10 and 10 and 11. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, that's that's great for him. Um, I, I don't root for that team because I still believe that the NBA cheated us out of getting that. that uh, <laughs> Zion. You know what's crazy? You know why I wanted the Knicks to really win tonight? Let me say this, yeah. and then we're going to end here. Okay. I blame Mike Conley, and, and I don't regret having RJ. Let me make that abundantly clear. I am completely content with RJ. Right. But I blame Mike Conley for us not getting uh, – us not having – um, what's his name in uh in Memphis? Dal Moran. Because remember, remember how everyone was like, "Oh, there's a chance maybe Memphis could go after RJ." Me and you were like, "Uh, no, they need a fucking point guard. <laughs> like, yeah. why would they go after a shooting guard when you need a point guard?" So right. you know, we knew that before. I think it was before Mike Conley even got traded. Me and you were like, "No, yeah. they're going after a point guard." So yeah. if Mike Conley was better and didn't kind of slump in his last few years in Memphis. <laughs> They might have held on to him and drafted RJ for John Morant to fall in our lap. So I never hate you, Mike Conley. Yeah. <laughs> I need us to win every time we go up against Mike Conley for that. Um, but this is a great show, man. I can't wait till we do our next one. Hopefully by the time we do our next one, Knicks would have won Friday and Sunday, or at least one of the two to be realistic. But to be Jawan in true Jawan fashion, to be 2-0 and by the next time we, we do this podcast. Um, yeah, man, great win. Loving Tibbs. We finally got our coach of the future. Um, and Tibbs is making him, his own self look stupid. Tibbs is the guy that's like, you, you kind of need superstars to win, you know, to win basketball games. It's like, ah, but do you, Tibbs? Gotta make superstars too. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, nah, it's kind of better when, like, I think a lot of people keep forgetting Jimmy Butler, you know, and I hate to say this because it makes it sound like you give no credit to the player himself, but Jimmy Butler was made the same way Clay was made, the same way Draymond was made. They were not drafted with people being like, those are superstars. No, none of those three guys were like that. They were homegrown. <laughs> and it's like, there's something special about growing someone on your own than buying them. Um, it just, it's, it feels better. It feels better. And guess what? It's cheaper. <laughs> it's cheaper when you grow them on your own. Um, so yeah, loving this team, man. Shout out to Austin Rivers, the only good rivers in that family. Um, and, you know, let's hope we can carry this into Friday. Yes, yes, I agree. It's just been a, it's been a good year so far. I just hope it continues the whole year. It'd be nice to have a fucking um, Cinderella season uh, with their young guys. Just awesome. It's like the best. It's the, you can't ask for anything better, honestly. Yeah, and and everyone everyone would tell us to be you know for us to be realistic. I'm gonna tell you guys this. Me and Joel are hoping that the Knicks make the playoffs, and obviously we hope they make a deep run. But me and Joel would be completely content. 
if it's a rough first round series and the Knicks get knocked out. Completely right. fine with that. Completely yeah. fine with that. That's still a success. <laughs> it's progress. You know, like I, I think people forget as a Knicks fan, you just ask for progress. You know, it's Look, like you were saying playoffs. Like if we're a real contention, like you like you're saying, let's say we are by trade deadline, still in the top five. Mm-hmm. At this point, you're not trading Julius for garbage. You're trading him for value, but maybe you're trading anyone else to get better players so we can make a deeper run in the playoffs, right? Right. Yep. Absolutely. You're playing to win. Now you're now you're playing to win instead of like playing to for next year. And I, I tell you this, I, I know you you of all people probably would disagree, but I'm going to stand tall on this. If we're fifth or sixth, nothing, seven or eight completely out of the out of the question. If we're four, five, or six, right, and mm-hmm. obviously we want to keep Julius because he's leading the way for us, I would not be against, especially if they're still struggling at the time, putting that, that, uh, that Dallas pick on the table to get a, a really big piece to help put us over yeah. going forward, not just this year, but going forward. Um, I would not be against that only because the necessity of that pick is if we're not good and we need all the assets we can get going forward. But if we are good, we got to start taking some home run swings. And now I'm not talking about us going to get Carmelo Anthony kind of crazy where it's like, all right, we want, you know, we want Melo so bad. We'll give you literally everything for him. No reasonable, but I'm saying right now. No. Is that pick, is that pick on the line? Absolutely not. But if we're, if we're this good around playoff time, uh, I mean, around deadline time, a hundred percent. If a team goes, no, I would need, you know, that Dallas pick. Sure. Yeah. We have two Dallas picks. I'm not giving up this year's Dallas pick, especially if Dallas is not good. I'm not doing Wait, it. So let me ask you this, because I, 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 I knew you would say that. So let me ask you this. Five seed, fifth seed, sorry, fifth no. seed. No. You still wouldn't. I'm not giving up that. This year, if Dallas is bad by trade deadline, still. And this year's draft, no. Wow. No, not at all. Because wow. this guy that we can possibly draft could be good for her the longest time. <laughs> yeah, you know what? You know what scares me, Joel? We have to depend on ping pong balls. Like this isn't football. Where yeah, like, look, but we're not, not out anymore. <laughs> it's just it's a cherry on top. It's not like we're fit. We're not we're not actually last. We're a playoff team. This kid right. will be like add on, like basically what Obi Obi Toppin is becoming. <laughs> He's an add on. He's not like we don't need him to be as good anymore because we're playing good. You get what I'm saying? And that this draft is so deep. So if we get even a top five pick in this year's draft. We, I, I can't give that up. Not this year's draft. You want to do it next year? Maybe next year's draft. I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to next year's pick. Uh, but, you know, Dallas might be better next year. So I was going to say, it's, it's highly unlikely, A, Dallas is this bad for this year, let alone for next year. <laughs> um, but, I mean, like I said, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Because if you ask for a few complimentary pieces in that first. They want our pick. Maybe- <laughs> different you know what I mean <laughs> oh our pick no I mean at that point our pick would be completely useless for <laughs> for this yeah, it'll, year um it'd be somewhere the, so it would be high it wouldn't be a low pick but I mean again to me it all depends like if, if it's if if you're asking for that pick for this year and it's a player that puts us over uh over the top heading into the playoffs and for years to come I don't know if I say no to that 
I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Like I said, but that that's the extreme. We're fifth seed. We're winning. We're riding high. But it's like, all right, there's no way this current roster is beating uh, five plays of six, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, so I don't even know who's the sixth seed right now. But um, if everything holds up where it's at now and the sixth seed is like, let's say, I'm just no, talking out here. Milwaukee? Yeah. Okay, so let's say six is Milwaukee. The way this team is set up right now. No, five would play four. I'm sorry. Oh, five plays four. So what is Boston for? Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, well, shit, I'd, I'd feel better about that first round, <laughs> um, depending on how good Kimber Walker looks uh, when he gets back, you know, stirring up, you know, the nucleus that they already got going right now. But again, I don't know. I'm just saying, I'm not saying necessarily, Joel, I'm handing it out. I'm just saying I'm more open to it then under those circumstances than I am now. Um, but like, if we're looking for a piece to put us over, like if Zach Levine is available um, and they're not asking for like a whole kit and caboodle, but that pick has to be added to it. I'm, I, I'm listening. Victor Oladipo. I'm listening. Yeah, okay. no, not for that pick. No, you have to be a superstar at this point for that pick. Oof. So wait, they can, give a, they can take another pick. They're not taking that pick. Again, it depends. If Dallas is good, <laughs> like maybe I'm Oladipo. not as guy don't care as much. So Oladipo is isn't superstar to you? No. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm I'm asking. I wasn't fighting you. I was just asking. You think Oladipo is a superstar? Do I think Oladipo is a superstar in the sense of he'd be the the piece to put us over the top for sure? Not us. I'm saying in general, like for oh, a team. In general, so, in general, probably I would have said definitely uh, before he got injured. Yeah, a hundred percent. I thought that. Yeah. 100 percent i don't know i don't think he's an he's a superstar and that's my issue you know? i don't think i don't think he's looked the same because remember before he got injured his trajectory was skyrocketing um yeah. and then he got injured and he hasn't quite looked the same um, slowly now, coming to form but yes right so now of course not but before when it looked like his trajectory was was ascending into becoming a superstar for sure, yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. But that's for why sure. I was very hesitant on what, like, what his value was because he was coming off an injury, so it was hard, and he wasn't looking, wasn't there yet, you know. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but I just look at guys like Levine and Oladipo as consistent scores and shooters, nonetheless, and that's but like the one super that lacking. Both, right? Say it again. But like you said, a superstar does both. Offense. A hundred percent, but it's slim pickings for that being available by trade. Oh. <laughs> that's why I said it depends on the package. Like who, who realistically are we getting? You know, that's really what it comes down to. Yeah. But hopefully that's something that we're not dependent on. So, you know, that's a long <laughs> way from now. So let's yeah, just hopefully. enjoy this five and three and let's hope it continues. Uh, Joel, great podcast as always in Ooh. audience till next time. Peace. Peace. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then... 
place a $5 wager on any sport, you'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.